0: And salutations, everybody! Welcome to the best damn removal aid show on the internet, the John Campia Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. Brought to you in part by our friends at Mint Mobile. I am, of course, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you. Our international friends gather around we talk about our favorite things in the world. Movies, movie news, TV streaming, all sorts of good things. And I got tons of good things here in the studio with me. We, of course, got Robert Meyer Burnett. We're joined, of course, by the wonderful Chris Carr. Taylor's back there occupying Ray's seat, who is still recovering at home. Of course, we got Jonathan Voico producing and running the show. And we got Kaylee Robinson back there as well. And most importantly, we've got you guys here joining us. Thank you for making this show part of your day. Little side note, I did not watch... Chippendale's Rescue Rangers last night. Oh, so uh, Ray, Ray was bored. He wanted to come over and he had never seen Ratatouille. So we watched Ratatouille and it was his first viewing of Ratatouille. Did he enjoy it? He loved it. And here's Yay. the funny thing I didn't realize that movie's 15 years old. Mm-mm. I'm like, what? When I saw the year on it as we were about to hit play, I'm like, no, that can't be right. Apparently it is 15 years old. Anyway, guys, great to have you here. Here's how today's show's going to go. We're going to break it down into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to save a little bit of time and take some of your live questions. When we get to the end of our main topics, we'll announce that we're opening up the Super Chats, and that will be your time. It'll be a very, very small window of time, but that'll be your time to fire in any thoughts, theories, opinions, or questions you want us to address in the latter half of the show. Okay, guys. With that down, we got a lot to cover here today on this Friday. By the way, congratulations to make it through to the end of another week. May you have a wonderful weekend filled with fun, relaxation, and all sorts of good things laying ahead of you, preparing you for another week of triumph and victory next week. All right, (laughs) let's get into some off-the-tops here, shall we? And our first off-the-top is this. Filed under the category of movies that I love more than most people, Venom. I really, I love the first Venom movie. Loved it. I saw it like five times in theaters. The second one I didn't like as much, but I still had a good time with it. I thought Andy Serkis did a decent job delivering a pretty entertaining time. Much like Black Adam. I kind of compared to Black Adam. It ain't no Shakespeare, but I had fun with it. I had a good time with it. So I like the Venom movies. Really, really love the third one. Or the second one. First one. Eventually, (laughs) I'll get it right. Really love the first one. Anyway, (laughs) questions have been going around. It's like, well, is there going to be a third and the answer is yes, and Sony made a big step forward today when, according to IndieWire, they have tapped Kelly Marcel to direct the upcoming movie. Now, she has written the first two films. She also wrote, well, you've heard us talking about this, like a movie, one of my, like, diamonds-in-the-rough movies of the past 15 years or so, which is Saving Mr. Banks with Colin Farrell and Tom Hanks. I love that movie. Uh, she also wrote that... Dinosaur movie, I'm always... The Dinosaur T show, I'm always... Terra Nova. Terra Nova. Yeah. She also was the lead writer on Terra Nova. So, I mean, and she's been on that. She developed, apparently, the story for Venom 3 with Tom Hardy, and they've decided that she's going to be one directing the film. Mm -hmm. I like this for, for a couple of reasons. She is not an established director, all right? She is primarily a writer and a producer. And big tentpole films normally are not the best place for somebody to cut their teeth directing it. We saw that happen with uh, X-Men, the uh, Phoenix, Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix, Mm -hmm. Simon Kimberg. With Simon Kimberg, who that dude's a huge creative writer in the geek space, all that kind of stuff, but he had never directed a film. And is that really the first one you want to step in and direct? So that is the one kind of iffy thing about this is is really venom even though she's been the writer of the first two she's been a part of the creative process with tom hardy on the first she's as connected to this world and this universe as anybody still a a little i do question a little bit of whether something like this that's going to be look this isn't going to be a 200 million dollar movie but it's probably going to be 125 130 140 million dollar movie. Is that really the best movie to cut your teeth on? I'm not so sure. Especially it's effects heavy too. Especially visually effects heavy thing. But that's fine if you've got the right crew with you who understand visual effects and everything. But uh, still an interesting choice. I'm just thrilled that it's moving forward. Anyway, Rob, you hear about this. What do you make of it?
1: Well, I think, hey, look, you know, the Venom franchise is obviously liked by a lot of people. I mean, the second one didn't make as much as the first, but I, I have to say, you know, for what we got with those movies, it's not, it's they were never going to be high art, and I think yes. I think for what they are, they were amusing. I mean, the first Venom, I don't love the first Venom, but it's fun to watch. Yeah. You know, and I'll tell you what I'll tell you what I love about the movies—they nailed the voice of Venom. Mm-hmm. That was the thing that I was most like. How is Venom going to sound? And if they got what what I don't like is the way the transformation happens too quickly. Because to me, there's no physicality to it. It's too CG. Like, you look, go back and look at Species, the movie Species, or even the way Mystique first transformed in the first mm, X-Men. Right. It's just like a, a CG ripple. It doesn't look like flesh is tearing. That's a minor quibble. But they got Venom's voice right. And it's funny. It's funny. It's amusing. It puts a smile on your face. So the idea that they're going to make a third Venom was not surprising. And they've made truckloads of money yeah. yeah
0: uh on on this franchise i I still remember when they first announced it, i said i think this could be fun and the throngs of the nerd boys of course of which of we are a part of that you know clan yeah but the throngs of the nerd boys say you can't do a better movie without spider-man well apparently they can and they made over 800 million dollars doing it wow. but anyway Chris, you hear this news about Kelly taking over the director's chair. Right move, wrong move, wait and see. How do you feel?
2: I mean, it's interesting. First of all, the only thing you could do with this movie is not have Spider-Man. That's why it's so good is because we're not dealing with Spider-Man in the Venom movies. It's fantastic. Mm. They're fun. I like them. Um, I really think she nails the tone and voice of what we want in these Venom movies. This fun ridiculousness um, doesn't shy away from the kind of like monstrosity that is Venom. But we still also are like this lovable scamp wanting to eat chocolate and do stuff. Love him. Mm I am a little concerned about the, her, this being her directorial debut. And when it comes to her writing too, Venom is kind of the only thing I've really enjoyed that she's been a part of. Um, I, I thought Terra Nova was very fun, honestly. I thought it was really, really fun and kind of campy. Um, but Cruella kind of lost me towards the third act. She's the writer on Fifty Shades of Grey, which if you're a longtime viewer of the show, you know that that is my Boxing Day tradition, is to play a drinking game to that movie. So, you know, love-hate with that. Made money, um, though. It did make money. And so, I, I mean... I'm sure it will continue delivering the kind of fun, wacky thing that we've come to accept with Venom and enjoy. It's a great popcorn kind of trilogy um, in the makings. I'm just hoping that as a first film, as the director, you know, behind the the director's chair and everything, that she doesn't get bogged down with some of the minutiae and that she still gets to tell a fun story. And it's not too clunky.
0: I liked Cruella. I, I had fun, but did you not see Saving Mr. Banks?
2: Oh, I did see Saving Mr. Banks. I did okay. not like that either.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I love I was, that I, movie. I went and saw
2: it. Like, I got to go to a screening with the creatives behind it. And I was just like,
0: okay. Oh, I love that movie. It's just not
2: super for me.
0: I'm surprised because seriously, if somebody had come up to me an hour ago and said, okay, 50 bucks, do you think Chris Carr loves Saving Mr. Banks? I would have said, Oh, that's a movie she would love. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I would love. And I money. love
2: Emma Thompson. And and you know she everyone's great in it. It's just it was a movie that I went okay.
1: You know Cruella's. Just since you brought it up, I hadn't seen it, but I interviewed for designing Hollywood Jenny Bevan, who, who was designed a all the uh,
0: costumes for it.
1: I liked that movie way more than I thought I was going to like it. And I thought it was pretty clever. And Emma Stone was great in it. And by the way, Jenny Bevan won a Saturn Award just for her a, costuming it, that design. Good yes. for her on that. All right, guys.
0: Question is for you. What do you think about this news? Venom 3 moving forward. It's got its director now, but it's going to be her, really her first directorial effort. Is this the type of movie, something this big, this expensive to be their first film? It hasn't had a great track record of that in the past with other directors trying to do it, but maybe this one will work. How do you feel about it? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down, let's do another off the top, and that is this. Some of you may have seen recently that the Good Place actor, uh, William Jackson Harper uh, from The Good Place. Good Place is a wonderful little show. Yeah. I mean, my wife got obsessed with it. It was actually quite good. But they just announced recently a very odd announcement that he was joining the cast of Aman man and the Quantum Mania. The reason that's odd is because they finished shooting this film months ago. So it's not often you hear about additional casts later on which leads to the understandable speculation that we're talking about an actor being added for something that's going to be a post-credit scene or something like that. Not necessarily. Could be something else that they edit into the film later on. There's a world of possibilities. But one of the big theories going around right now is that William Jackson Harper is going to be Reed Richards. That, That is what a lot of people are assuming right now. Now, let me tell you why this isn't the craziest theory. All right, there's a couple of reasons why this isn't the craziest theory. Number one is that if it is a last-second thing that they brought in to do a post-credit scene or something like that, the possibility of him playing somebody significant in the MCU for a post-credit scene—that's reasonable. It's it's a reasonable thing to assume that doesn't automatically mean it's true at all. But that's it's not unreasonable to think that. Well, with Kang being there, and with it being the quantum realm and all that kind of stuff and we know Fantastic Four is coming soon, the idea that it could be a character from Fantastic Four is also not a completely unreasonable thing to assume. So I get that. On top of that, when you... Now, this becomes typecasting, but when you look at his character on The Good Place, he's a smart boy. Like, he's, he's a bookworm. He's, and he plays that real well. And Reed Richards is supposed to be the smartest being in the universe. So, I mean, to get a guy who can play that kind of stuff while also, you know, bringing his own senses and his own, you know, idiosyncrasies and all that kind of stuff to a role, it's not a completely unreasonable thing. Now, of course, there are going to be some people that say, well, wait a minute. Reed Richards is white. He's black. He's black. True, but Reed Richards is one of those characters to me that Reed Richards being white has nothing to do with his character, Uh, which is, you know, some characters it is. You know, T'Challa, that, you know, his his ethnicity is key to the character. That's important. I think Bruce Wayne, it's, you know, growing up with a lot of rich white privilege, Mm -hmm. I think him being a white actor is actually quite important. But I think like 95% of characters out there their skin color has absolutely zero bearing on the nature of the character. So that could be here. Now, with all that said, do I think that William Jackson Harper is our new Reed Richards? No. No, I I for the main reason that I don't think they would typecast him like that. Just because he played a smart guy before, it doesn't right. mean he can be a smart to play a smart guy here. But the other thing is, too, I I've said this before and I'll say it again. I do not think they're going to slip fantastic four characters into the mcu the fantastic four i think are going to arrive in the mcu in a big bold way and it ain't going to be as a post-credit scene it's not going to be something like that now you can say but john they've introduced thanos in a post-credit scene in the first avengers movie so, yeah they did but i don't think they're going to do that with fantastic four so while i don't think you're crazy because i won't die of shock if we find out this is true and so i certainly don't think you're crazy if you believe this I'm just saying for now, unless I see a lot more real credible evidence, it's not a theory I personally buy into.
1: Rob, you hear about this. What do you think the chances are? Probably not. I mean, just because an actor plays a bookish, smart guy in one role doesn't mean they're going to cast him. I mean, I never saw Reed Reed Richards as bookish or, you know what? It's funny. When I was a kid, my favorite movie in the world was the original War of the Worlds. And there's a scientist, the main character is a scientist, Dr. Clayton Forrester. When I was a kid, I always believed that Reed Richards, if somebody ever made a movie, would have to be just like Clayton Forster, <laughs> You know, because he was kind of this hunky dude that knew everything. And you, you have to let Washington know. You know, I always speak about the Martians coming. And, and yet, I mean, I, a, race to me doesn't matter. You, you, could, you could make Reed Richards black. That wouldn't bother me. But I still see Reed Richards as a strapping, handsome. Like, if he needs to fight... He's not just a guy that can fight because he has stretchy powers. I mean, he's a dude that he knows how to fight too. Like, I believe that he took he's probably an MMA fighter. Just cuz he knows stuff. He wants to learn how things work. He would be really into the physics of fighting. Like, how can you punch best? I always thought that Reed Richards was that guy. So, I I I mean, he could this it could be that way, but I have to disagree with you about one thing. Oh, what's that? I could see them the 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 final like the final a post credit scene of Quantumania, they discover all of the Fantastic Four imprisoned somewhere in Chronopolis. Mm. That they've been, that, and, and that they walk in and they've been in there since the 1950s. They, who knows? Yes. That's been, not, you know what, that's yeah. not a
0: bad theory. You know, that's they, not a
1: bad theory. And, and it was the Fantastic Four, they went up in their rocket, it was on the first rocket, and they were lost. No one ever saw them again. And so if Ant-Man, it would be, it would be, and you have Michael Douglas going, you're Reed Richards, and that's that's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And they're all sitting there in jail, and no one knows who they are except Hank Pym. That would uh, be. I mean, I'd be that, like,
0: ah. Oh! I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't either. But, but, but I love the theory. I mean, I love if that. You theory. did that,
1: That's the only way. That is, could, is a
0: way. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that you won't bring them in. As, but if, if they did it that way in a post-credit scene, that would kind of be smashing down the
1: wall. And I, no, I yeah, no one that. else knows who they are except it's Hank Pym who knows. who because he and they just disappeared that's why nobody knows who they are yep because you've the 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 idea that they were i mean early 60s make them late 50s the product of the atomic age and they they have but no one ever saw them again chris what do you
0: think about this particular theory that's going around that william jackson harper could be reed richards Mm -hmm. what do you think do you think there's credibility to this none at all what do you think
2: i mean i think anything's possible because we haven't solidified that John Krasinski is Reed moving forward. He was one iteration of him. Right. So it could be William Jackson Harper. It could be Rock Holy, who I would love to see in this role. I think he'd do an excellent job. It could be anybody. And And to Rob's point, too, I mean, Reed also isn't just this kind of like bumbling nerd that we've seen sometimes with depictions of scientists in in early day comic books he's somebody who dabbles in the morally gray he was a member of the illuminati he made some really tough very despicable choices at times honestly in theory for the greater good so i think it'd be really interesting to have somebody who always talked about philosophy coming in and have that kind of little easter egg for all of us because also, he Chidi wasn't just, you know, the philosophy bookish guy. As the show goes on, we see that he is this very leading man type, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, we did. Ele- yeah. Eleanor Shellstrop is constantly objectifying that boy. Um, and, you know, I'd love to have William and have Jamil in the MCU now, have all the Good Place people come through. I now think you can do really Ted
0: nice. in there somewhere. Right? We had
2: Tahini. Let's get Chidi in here, too. I think that'd be really, really fun. And I also love Rob's idea. We talked about this on uh, Weekly Hero on our, one of our issues. Um, there's an already self-contained story that would be so great for the Fantastic Four to just kind of burst onto the scene. Yeah. Um, so I do love that. Because I'm not sure if we would just go, and here is this member of the Fantastic Four, like, like people are suggesting right now of just, oh, this tertiary character right now will be bigger later. I don't Plus, know how, we'll
1: do that. How great would it be like they have battled their way through Chronopolis or whatever, and they find, this, they find somewhere they're not supposed to be yeah, but now we're talking about Fantastic Four yeah. in general, I, I not, know. About, I know. not about his casting. So I just want to see that happen.
0: It, it could be interesting. Guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Do you think he could be our new Reed Richards? If so, I mean, he's a fun actor. I'd, I'd be totally fine with it if they did, but I don't believe the theory, but I don't think you're crazy if you do. And anyway, whatever you guys think about that, jump down into the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down, let's get into a third off the top here, shall we? And that one is this. You know, one of the big discussions around movie communities the last number of years has been about length of films. You know, some people, like Ray, won't go to see a movie if it's over 89 minutes. Now He wants it to be roughly the length of four commercials and then, you know, three quibbies. Three quibbies and Ray's good. (laughs) Then there are some people who believe the, the fallacy that the longer, the better. and Like, if a movie's four hours, that means it's fantastic. No, no, that's not true at all. But we have seen in recent years more three-hour movies pop up than I've seen in a long, long, long time. Of course, Endgame, you pushed and and tickled with the three-hour mark, stuff like that. Well, according to a report going around right now, and it's important to mention, this is not verified. This is not verified yet, but it is very believable. There's a report going around that two big upcoming movies are both going to be tipping over the three-hour mark. And that is Avatar, The Way of Water, and the upcoming uh brad pitt margot robbie film babylon now according to the report and i'm reading this from our friends over at joe blow joe blow is a great site you guys should read them um and and joe blow write the following the epics are seemingly back not only as not only black panther wakanda forever supposed to be the second longest marvel cinematic universe movie just under three hours but now two big film releases later this year are reportedly clocking in at over three hours This December, James Cameron returns with a new film in 13 years with Avatar The Way of Water. Cameron's latest of the two films came around the three-hour mark as they explored their established worlds along with extensive set pieces. So they're saying that one is going to come in at three hours and 10 minutes, and Babylon is supposed to come in at three hours and eight minutes. Now, Damien Chazelle's longest film before that, I think, was First Man, which was about two hours and 20 minutes. So this would be like 45 minutes longer if Babylon ends up being that long at three hours and eight minutes, 45 minutes longer than his previous longest one. So right now, Ray is somewhere crying and, <laughs> and, and weeping and trying to figure out how he's going to survive this three-hour apocalypse. But it comes out, well, John, isn't that a good thing? Not necessarily. It's not necessarily a bad thing either. Look, Rob, we've always talked about going back years that the length of the movie, shorter is not better, longer is not better. Every movie has its own DNA where it's story and narrative with the right pacing will equal X amount of time. And for some movies, that ideal sweet spot is 95 minutes for some movies. The ideal sweet spot is two hours and 10 minutes for some movies. The ideal sweet spot is three hours. We've seen two hour movies that felt too long. We've seen 90 minute movies that felt too short. We've we've seen two and a half hour movies that have felt too short and 90-minute movies that have, frankly, felt too long. It all depends on if it works with the DNA of the movie. So I hear this, and I think, okay, for Avatar, not shocked. Cameron's been working on this for 13 years. So I, I won't be shocked at all if we get a verification that this movie is indeed a three hours and 10 minutes. Won't be surprised at all. I'm a little bit more surprised about the Babylon one, because this doesn't seem like the type of story that will have the sort of pace that three hours seems necessary, but... All, what do I know? All I've seen is trailers and previews. So I don't think it's a bad thing that they're over three hours long, but I don't think it's a good thing either. We'll have to wait to see how it plays out. Anyway, Rob, you hear about these reported run times. Can you see these two movies being over three hours? And, and what's your general reaction to that? A movie is not too long or too short,
1: <laughs> Mr. Capier. It is precisely as long as it means to me. Um No, I look, I think that... I, I actually, I uh, thought Ian
0: McKellen was in the room. I mean, uh, I, I, was, I don't know about anybody that's else. Powerful. There you go.
1: Um, I do think, though, that uh, again, uh, uh, I don't think length really matters. It really <clears throat> depends on. And everybody in the room cleared their throat. So uh, yeah, oh. please continue. What well, <laughs> you want? What you want is a wide story. Girth. Um, girth. Yes. I, I think that oh, it needs God. to. I think. I think that. I didn't mean to be that way. I just didn't. Uh, I know everyone's laughing saying, oh, come on. No, no. And I do think that a, that a movie, the way it's crafted, I've seen movies that are too short that feel long yeah. because yeah. they're, they're not, they're not absorbing. You're, you're not, you're watching something that too much is missing and you're not. And then I've seen movies that are very long, that are incredibly compelling. Like one of my favorite movies of all time is the right stuff, which came out in 83. It's about the dawn of the American space program. It's three hours and 15 minutes. And you never feel it until the very end with this fan dance and Chuck Yeager flying a, a, in a in a in an airplane. But I still love it. Uh, Lord of the Rings never feels long to me. Even even I mean, you're watching Fellowship of the Ring. That movie moves along at a rapid pace. Yes, it does. And it's almost like the the extended version is three hours long, and it's it's it never feels too long. Standard version is closer to four. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's that that's for Return of the King. Yeah, you yeah. know it's, but. So it it just depends on the story. And to me, Avatar, the first Avatar is a long movie. And there's an extended version of it that I I never feel the length in that film. And I think with Babylon, if you have an epic film that takes you on a journey, if it's, I don't think that Lawrence of Arabia is a long movie. The Godfather is almost three hours. I never feel the length when I watch it. If it's compelling, it's when a movie is not as compelling as it needs to be. I mean, Babylon looks like it has a, huge array of characters it's telling this historical epic about hollywood i could see and and damien chazelle i mean look at la la land i mean the way he directs he's probably i mean that's like a a smorgasbord of 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 delight so I, it depends to me i mean it really does depend on the filmmaker and the story that's being told well it's yeah. it's a matter of pace to yes. like yes. if you have the kind of story that because you mentioned lord of the rings right
0: that move that those stories move at a rapid pace, mm-hmm. like they quickly move, and there's enough story there that that you were able to maintain a rapid pace for close to three hours, right? Then you take something like Peter Jackson's King Kong, where the entire first hour of the movie was absolutely unnecessary, and there was no need for that movie to be uh, that that movie clocked in about close to three hours yes, too, if does. I'm not mistaken. That entire first hour of that movie could have been cut off. So it really depends on that. Anyway, Chris, mm-hmm. Babylon, Avatar, you surprised to hear about the runtimes? Do you think it's going to come in close to that? Pros or cons? What do you think?
2: I mean, man, that's long. Somewhere Aaron Cummings is like, when am I going to pee? When am yeah. I going to figure this out? <laughs> um, you know, she still has a really great track record, though. You know, Whiplash, First Man, La La Land, which didn't fire on all cylinders for me personally. It was, a little, it was a little too romanticized for me as somebody who is a, a working actor of all... Oh, um, <laughs> if only, yeah, you do a one woman show and all the agents come to you. That's how it always happens, kids. Um, I was just a little, a little too, you know, chip on my shoulder about it. But I understand the appeal of it. You sound a little jaded. Um, I know, little, little jaded. I know. I am a little jaded. Um, it was just so shiny. I don't know. But. I'm just. I just want to make sure that these aren't overinflated, right? Yeah, because like yeah. the Batman is a near perfect movie that just needed to be tightened up a little it bit. It did. It needed I mean, to, you, to shave a few. I mean, if you if you could have made a few cuts, that, that would have been great, you know. Um, but I'm just worried about it being. More is more, especially with Avatar. I know it's something that he's been working on for so long. But one of the most important things is to listen to your editors and, and show more than tell, right? And I'm just worried that we're going to have some redundancies with a length like that. Um, hopefully, we don't have that. And hopefully, they utilize their time wisely.
0: You know who else did that a lot? We had a problem with that. Mm-hmm. I love the movie. I do. I love the movie. But my God, 45 minutes could easily have been cut out of it. The Irishman. Yeah. Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. It was
2: way too yeah. long. It was a
0: great movie that was unnecessarily long because they had so many scenes that repeated the same point that the movie had already made or, or something like that. Like mm-hmm. it, just, it could have been
1: shortened like 45 minutes. When it comes to Avatar, though, once again, don't bet against Jimmy nope, C. Nope, never. Because never if there's somebody them. that knows how to edit a movie from Terminator to Aliens, I mean, The, the Abyss is beautifully cut. Terminator 2.
0: There's True two, lies. There's two things you can always count on for James Cameron. Number one, he's going to crank, never bet against him. He's going to crank out great movies. That's what he does. The second thing, if you need irrational, unexplainable criticisms of the comic book genre, <laughs> always go to James Cameron.
1: He's ready to give you <laughs> but that. But you tip. know, you think about like Titanic. It's like, well, here's the time when we go underneath and we meet all the people in steerage and we have an Irish, an Irish dance party. That was a great you, scene, by the way. Uh, don't that's what don't I'm, crap on that. Yeah, that's, what that's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm sure some executive probably looked at him and go, do you really need the Irish dance party? And the yes. answer is yes. Yes, yep. yes you levity. do. Yeah. Yes, you know. You've seen it, what, five times or whatever? I
3: think I saw it seven times. There you go.
1: Really? <laughs> and you would never <laughs> lose that scene.
3: I won't. I want it to be that little girl dancing with Leo.
1: Because uh, it's awesome. Yeah. That scene's awesome. Yeah. Anything James Cameron does is awesome. All right, guys, question is for you.
0: There are reports going around. Again, let me emphasize, not verified at this point, but they're suggesting that both Avatar and Babylon are going to be over three hours long. Do you kind of go, yes, or do you kind of go, ooh, that feels oppressive? I don't know. What's your reaction to that? Whatever you guys think, jump down in the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, we're going to take a second here and thank one of the sponsors of today's show, our friends at True Classic. Guys, we wanna take a second to thank a sponsor of today's episode, True Classic. This brand new sponsor has the absolute best fitting t-shirts that a man can buy. Finding the right t-shirt with a little bit of a dad bod is incredibly frustrating. Most t-shirts are either way too tight on your gut or look way too big and boxy. You're not in high school anymore and it's time to upgrade. True Classic has already helped over two million men finally get a better fit at an affordable price. And The John Campy Show viewers and listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off using the code CAMPIA at trueclassic.com. Look, you and I both know that almost all of men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six-packs. But let's be honest, that's not most of us. True Classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt that you can always confidently throw on. Like most of you guys, ever since college, I've always struggled to find proper fitting t-shirts that are comfortable. Well, True Classic from the moment I put on the shirt they sent me, solves it. And True Classic doesn't just stop at tees. From polos and workout shirts with the same flattering fit. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code CAMPIA. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. 100% risk-free guarantee with a 30-day refund policy. Stay classy with True Classic. Your dad bod will thank you. And thank you to our friends at True Classic for sponsoring this episode of The John Campius Show. Okay, guys, with that all down, Kaylee, what do we got going on next?
3: It is time for our Mint Mobile hotline question of the day. Feel free and call in if you want to let your voice be heard on the show. The number is 951-268-4259. And our first question is about a Marvel and DC crossover. The cool black nerd here question. And actually, probably just a wild theory. Do you think Kevin Feige and James Gunn have a secret agreement that James Gunn goes over to DC and straightens up everything just for them to have a DC versus Marvel crossover event movie? It's been done in the comics, so I don't see why not. Love what you guys do.
0: All right. First of all, cool black nerd has to record himself reading a book and have somebody playing sax in the. Book. Dude, who's the very <laughs> white of cool yeah, black nerd?
2: I don't care about this question at all anymore, dude. Like, <laughs> do you want to do this? voiceover? What's your deal? Wow.
0: You sound awesome. Um, okay, so since the world got wow. rocked with the news that we were getting James Gunn, Peter Safran now going to be the CEOs and Chairman of DC, the brand new DC Studios. There have been so many people asking the question, does this mean we are now getting a Marvel and DC crossover? And look, I, again, get it. This is like Game of Thrones kind of stuff, where two great houses will marry their kids off. It's like, okay, let's put... uh, our little one here, James Gunn, he will go and be the head of DC now. And and the families are, you know, unified and all that kind of stuff. I, I get it. I I get the idea of it. And there have been a lot of people who have wanted to see DC and Marvel mix up and cross over for a while. And he's right. There it has happened in the comics actually a couple of times. Yeah. Now, one of the the big major ones we've talked about on the show before, they DC and Marvel once did this event where they crossed it over where there was some, you know, godlike being who decided that only one of the two universes could society, could exist—the DC one or the, or the Marvel one—and they picked champions to have a bunch of one-on-one fights. So they had, I believe, it was Robin versus Jubilee, it was Batman versus Captain America, Wolverine versus Lobo, Superman versus Hulk, Storm versus Wonder Woman, and I trying to remember what the other ones are. there there were a few others anyway and then you know what would happen is the readers would write in and vote for who would win each individual fight and then whichever universe's champions won the most fights the other universe would be eliminated but of course you know they didn't eliminate the other universe and all that kind of stuff so could they bring something like that to the big screen for marvel and dc i really don't think so and and i'll i'll tell you what I said this before on the show because somebody wrote in a live chat and asked this and, and I'll, I'll say what I said then that movie would be an unmitigated mess. Cause number one, you've got far too many characters. So you're going to get a bunch of fans on both sides. That is going to be really pissed off and really unsatisfied. The fact that their favorite characters didn't get any or very little screen time. Right. Plus both sides are going to make unbelievable compromises and it will be, forget the writing the script process, then you've got three years of legal from both sides going through, no, 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 that scene you're writing there makes our Batman character not look cool enough. No, 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 no. your little scene here doesn't make Magneto look powerful enough. Or it's going to be all that. Plus, then at the end of the day, you've got to ask yourself the question, why would you make this movie? Like, if you're Marvel, why on earth would you do a crossover movie with DC? What do you have to gain from it? Because right now, like, we're going to talk about Marvel versus DC again a little bit later in the show, but in the the race, if you want to call it, it's not a competition, but still in the race, if you want to use that terminology, Marvel is way ahead right now, and so what benefit is it to you to do that with DC? I could see some benefit for DC doing that as well, Um, for doing maybe doing a crossover, but I I just don't see logistically how it would work from a quality standpoint as a fan I don't see how this works um from if you're Marvel why on earth would you do it you got nothing to gain by doing it you'll make more money as Marvel Studios just you know what we could spend a lot of time and resources and character work making that movie with DC or we could just make another Deadpool movie and make a lot more money because it would all be their money they wouldn't have the the headaches and the nightmares of going through all the stuff they have to do to compromise the DC I I just don't see how this would be even a good movie. I don't know, Chris. This is something that all of us, you know, fan citizens have thought about a lot, but do you think that with James Gunn there now, do you think that the secret plan is actually for Marvel and DC to make a big crossover event movie?
2: I mean, the Nerd Sphere certainly does. I mean, the last few days, it's constantly been these mashups and referring to the Amalgam universe, right? Um, I mean, CBR was like, we're so much closer now because of this. But the issues you're talking about too, it was, I believe, a four-issue special event series in 1996. And sure, we've had some other mashups and everything since then, but I don't know if I like that for a film. I like that for comics. I love that for video games. I don't know if I want to feature film featuring all these different characters because it was already such a, a major win that we were able to balance so many heroes and villains throughout you know, Endgame and Infinity War and everything like that. I'm wondering about how much screen time everyone will actually get that's quality here. I feel like it'd just be a kind of big quantity push of here's all your favorite superheroes and that's it. I still want some substance there, you know. even though it will be fun to go, oh, Superman and Spider-Man, that's neat. I still want some really great storytelling behind it and I don't know if we can achieve that.
0: Rob, what do you think? Is this something you think they should do? Like you're, you're in James Gunn's office, and consulting him. You are his consigliere now, and uh, they say, hey, they, you know, talk about maybe us doing a Marvel crossover with DC. Should we do it, Rob? What do you say? Well,
1: here's the thing. Like we just saw, we just saw uh, the Spider-Man versus Superman. That was the the Treasury edition that was big when I was a kid in the '70s. They did X-Men and Teen Titans, which was actually quite good. The story was quite good. And that was one of the first that was in the early 80s when X-Men and Teen Titans were both the biggest titles of each company at the time. There was the mythical JLA uh, Avengers comic that was George Perez was drawing for years. I think Rob Liefeld had bought the only pages that existed for years. People talk about this JLA Avengers crossover never happened. And then it was liberated and it was also quite good. I think, like you said, though, the, the enormous production difficulties, legal di- difficulties, and how do you pay people? I think the only way you could make this work is it would have to be a 50-50 split, and all the actors would have to work for favored nations, meaning all the actors get paid the same amount of mm-hmm. money. There's no, like if you want to bring back Robert Downey Jr., it would have to be the kind of thing where if the script wasn't fun, you, the only way to get these actors back is everyone gets paid the same amount of money. And it's not a lot of money because those fees would make the film cost prohibit. You could never do it. But I do think if anybody could do it, if anybody could do it, James Gunn, because he's been a comic book fan his whole life, and Kevin Feige, they know these comics. And the first place that I would look, it's got to be JLA versus Avengers. That's what you got to do. You've got a comic that's pretty good. So there's your roadmap. It could be done, but I don't think that there is a... I don't think this is the grand plan that Kevin Feige and James Gunn have come up with. I don't believe that, um, but I do believe that our viewer, cool black nerd, could probably talk both sides into making this. <laughs> yeah. movie, uh, just <laughs> hearing me, his voice.
0: Let me look. Like we, you brought up some images there, Jonathan. Like, what about the notion, though? Because when people hear DC thing, we, we think Avengers versus JLA or uh, some some massive. MCU versus DCU thing, right? But what about something like what Jonathan had up on the screen? What about solo crossover? What about Spider-Man Batman? What about Batman Punisher? What about like in in both both the DCU and the MCU, they are now both fully embracing, I think it's idiotic, but they're both fully embracing multiverse now, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, Batman is sitting in the Batcave, you know, Martha, Martha, Martha. And then like this big portal opens up and he goes, oh, and he sucked through this portal Mar-a. a la Peter Parker oh, man.
2: in um, <laughs> in
0: Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I love that Martha, Martha,
2: Martha is like his like his Bloody Martha. Mary cry. <laughs> yeah, oh man. I thought that was more
1: like his
0: work, work, work. <laughs> yep, that, 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 Martha. And so a portal opens up and he sucked through. He's like, where am I? Who's that guy in a spider suit? Should we be friends? Okay. First we'll fight and then we'll be friends. I don't know. I mean, w- but what about the idea of something smaller like that? Like instead of universe versus universe, it, one character, one character.
2: It takes away the narrative issue that I have of making sure all the characters have their due time, but I still don't love it. I, I, I don't know, especially just in that particular example. And I know you're just giving examples for the sake of them, but d- is Bruce out there making friends? I think he'd see Sp- Spider-Man and be like, "What the fuck are you? I don't want to deal with you. You're a child. You're a <laughs> yeah, child in a yeah, onesie. Prob- get out of my way."
0: <laughs> Probably, I mean, but but could it? I get. Listen, I don't think they're going to do this either. Mm-hmm. But I mean, could it be more feasible? Because you're talking about the sheer logistics of it, the sheer money yeah. of it. Yeah. W- but what if it was a smaller scale?
1: That would be much easier to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think from a legal perspective. This both companies would have to agree to split it all down the middle 50-50, fifty. First of all, they'd have to, every, cost and and everything, profits. Everything okay. would be and, and all the and actors. If you're Marvel, would
0: you agree to that? Because
1: you're bringing more to the table than DC. Do you is. know what though? Here's the thing: we all think that there's some kind of rivalry. Everybody's doing their own thing. This would have to be like uh, it would have to be some kind of a celebration. Th- like I don't know. So like James and and
0: Kevin doing a video together on YouTube saying, "Listen." This is not to be taken seriously. This is not to be taken as this is going to change the MCU or the DCU, but we're going to celebrate together fandom of these characters we love, and we're going to make this big one isolated big yeah. crossover movie.
1: Well, because, you know, I remember reading back in the early 80s, reading X-Men versus Teen Titans, and it worked. I mean, Dark Phoenix and I think it's Dark Phoenix and Dark Side were the villains, and it actually worked. Like they didn't – and you under, everyone who read it understood it was kind of ridiculous – but it worked within the context of that comic. And I liked it. It didn't it didn't denigrate either side. It didn't so if they came out and said this and, and it's just a celebration of you know, next year's Warner Brothers one hundredth anniversary. And you came out and said this is an anniversary film and Disney Disney's hundredth anniversary, it might also be next next year. It's either this year, next year or the year after. So celebrating the 100th anniversary of both studios. I mean, it's too soon to do something like that because i will never be able to put it together. But for that reason alone, we're going to do like what we did with the comics. It's a one-off. It's to celebrate a century of great characters. Well, guys, question is for you. What do you think? I
0: don't think this will happen. I just think there's way too many things working against it. And the big question is even why bother doing it. But, I mean, with James Gunn there, it does make it more feasible. And maybe you could do something smaller scale. I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think about this? Whatever you think, jump on down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down... It's game time. It's Friday. We're relaxed. We're going to play a little game of movie password here. We're going to invite you guys to play along with us. Of course, you guys know how this game works. There is going to be in every round. An answer. The answer is either going to be a movie, an actor, a director, something from a movie, whatever like that. I'm going to give the first player a clue. If they guess it on the first clue, they get six points. If they don't get it, we give a second clue to the next player, and they can get five points. If they don't get it, so on and so forth. So that is how the game works. So we're going to start. Taylor, think of a number between one and 10. Okay. All right. Kaylee, pick a number between one and 10. Four. Chris? Seven. Rob? Two. Two. What is the number? Three. All right, so what do we have? Four is the closest. So Kaylee is going to go first. All right. Are we ready? All right, here we go. Round number one. For those of you watching at home, the answer will stay off the screen so you guys can play along until after the second clue is given. After the second clue is given and if the person doesn't get their guess right, then the question will come up. So if you don't want to know the answer at all, keep your hand covered over your screen. All right, here we go. So... In movie password, round number one, our first clue, Kaylee, mm-hmm. is blue. Three, wow, that's fake. two, one.
3: I mean, that's pretty no good.
0: Okay. <laughs> no guess, okay. So we move now on to Rob going in a <laughs> clockwise fashion. For five points, Robert, the first clue was blue. The second clue is fast. Sonic the Hedgehog? For five points, Rob goes into the lead for Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes, that's it. The other uh, clues were going to be Game, Schwartz, Robotnik, and Carrie, and you get five points. All right. We I'm... move now on to round number two. Rob, we're going to start off with you this time. The first clue in round number two is for six points, Downey. Three, two. Iron Man? One. Incorrect. All right. We move over to Chris Carr. For five points, the first clue was Downey. The second clue is Awful. Three. Awful? Two. One. Chef. He's a dick in it, that movie. He is a dick in that movie, but the sh- chef is not correct.
1: Wait. Okay. John, are you sure you're reading the right questions? Because I have different answers. Also, we did these questions last game.
0: Oh, I <gasps> don't think you s I don't think you brought over the uh I'm looking on password in, on the server. Wait a minute, let me refresh here. Do we have to start again? <laughs> We might <laughs> let me let me double check. I may have totally. Oh, I did. It didn't refresh. <laughs> what did I say? My document didn't refresh when I opened it up. They're new to me and Kaylee. So, so okay. we're getting, Fuck up Friday. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> John. Okay, all right, so we'll so start with Kaylee again, and we'll right, just start yeah. over. So we are going to have to start all over. Sorry, Rob. Your it's lead okay. is Take gone. Two. Uh The answer okay. uh, was Doolittle, and uh, um, but yeah. I guess we already done these ones. That's fair. Oh, Which man. wow! I sorry. I just you know what it's, it's like. I told you before. I'm wrong. Burg- Ron Burgundy. Whatever's on the screen in front of me. <laughs> I, 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 I was like, didn't the password document did not refresh on my end. So I apologize for <laughs> everybody. We are, didn't we just do Sonic? Wasn't we that, now have a fully refreshed that? document, and we are ready to go again. Yep. All right. I apologize. I messed that up badly. Okay. No so we're gonna start again. Round one. Clean slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan, when you do the segment editing, cut that part out. (laughs) Welcome to a game of movie passwords, starting again with no mistakes. Okay, Kaylee. All right. You are up first, and your first clue is Hawaii. Moana. Incorrect. All right. That was for six points. Rob, we are now over to you. For five points, the first clue is Hawaii. Your second clue is animated. Three, two, one, time. All right. For four points, we go over to Chris Carr. The first clue is Hawaii. The second clue is animated. The third clue is alien. Lilo and Stitch. Correct for four points. Yay. So Chris gets on the board. Bing, 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 points. Bing, bing. She's in the lead. Okay. All right. As soon as I said, it, you could see Kaylee was like, "Oh, please get it wrong." Yeah, because they
3: never really said Moana was Hawaii. It was just like super islandy. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah.
0: It's true. Dang. All right, the other clues were going to be Disney, 2002, and creature. All right, mm-hmm. we move on to round number two. Rob, you're up first. Mm-hmm. Your first clue is Diesel. Pitch R- black. Incorrect, but good guess. All right, Chris, we move on to you for five points. Your first clue is diesel. Your second clue is argento. Argento. Uh-huh. Three, two, one. I was gonna say bullet train. Time. But all right. Mm-hmm. So, the first clue was diesel. The second clue was argento. argento. Kaylee, for you, yeah. for four points. Your third clue is porn.
3: Come what come again?
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what it, you they know. say in the movie. <laughs> Maybe
3: what they say in the
0: movie. <laughs> yes. First clue, Diesel. Second clue, Argento. Third clue, porn. In three, two, one.
3: I really have nothing.
0: Okay. So, Rob, we now go to you for three points. First clue is Diesel. Second clue, Argento. Third clue, porn. Fourth clue is action.
1: <laughs> Chris, don't say it. <laughs> Sack and Mary make a porno.
0: Incorrect. Okay, Chris, we now go to you for two points. First clue, Diesel. Second clue, Argento. Third clue, Porn. Fourth clue, Action. Fifth clue, Jackson. Well, this is, none of this is helping. No. Three, two, one. I don't time. Know. All right, we go back over to Kaylee for one I- point. Diesel, Argento, porn, action, Jackson and the final clue is Vin.
3: Boogie Nights? I don't I don't know.
0: And the answer was Triple X. XXX. XXX was of course the answer starring <laughs> Jeez, Diesel so... Argento, Samuel L. Jackson, oh. action film The porn, triple X. I really thought the porn clue was a dead giveaway. I've I've never seen that
3: movie. Oh,
1: okay. I got super pets.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Once it was porn, I was like, maybe super pets. (laughs) All (laughs)
1: right.
0: So after two rounds, Chris is still in the lead with what? Five or four? How much does Chris have? (laughs) Four. Chris has four. All right. So we move now into round number three. And we start with Chris this time. All right, Chris and everybody at home, your first clue is Bullock? Bullock? Three, oh, oh, oh! Shoot, two, the one with mm, I can't one. remember
2: the name of it. Time. Really? Love okay. potion number nine.
0: <laughs> all right, we That's move right. over now to Kaylee <laughs> for five points and potentially the lead. I should get this. Your first clue was Bullock. Uh-huh. Your second clue is football.
3: The movie where she's the mom and she won the Academy Award. Three, uh, two,
0: one. <laughs> Time!
3: So we move over to Robert
0: for potentially four points. The first clue is Bullock. The second clue is football. The third clue is true. The blind side? The blind side for four ding, ding,
3: ding. points. Ding, ding. Oh, oh, Kaylee I knew I can it. I hear her southern Kaylee accent now.
0: I kept trying to think of the one with Channing
2: Tatum that just came out. Lo- that, oh, 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 oh. Romancing oh, uh, the La- Stone, La- but not. Lost La- City, La- City, thank you. Oh, Lost La- City.
0: So yeah. right now we have a tie. It is 4-4 four, four between Rob and Chris. She smoked me still last time. Still 18 points to go. This is still anybody's game. We move into answer or topic number four. And for the fourth round, we start with Kaylee again. Okay. Your first clue is Bullock.
3: All right. Huh. Um, Three, two. The proposal. For six points. Kaylee gets on the board
0: with the proposal. Wow, literally anything it.
1: other than the blind side and you wouldn't be I out. thought you would
0: have said speed or a lot. Okay, yeah, the other clues were going to be Ryan Canadian, Reynolds. Yeah. Reynolds, white, comedy, and engagement. Six
1: points wow. right out of
0: the gate with the proposal. Well okay. what,
1: what are the, what's the tally? All right, it's so casing, Kaylee's in the lead with six and then Rob and Chris are Wonder Twins with four.
0: <laughs>
2: I'm it. the one who turns into animals.
0: Rob turns into a bucket of water. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Still anybody's game. I I, I could have
1: made a really terrible joke, but I'm going to refrain. Oh, I'm so
0: proud of you.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Tell me on the brain. It was a bad joke. I'm excited. All right. Here we go into round
1: number five.
0: Rob, we're going to start with you. Round (laughs) number five. For six points and the lead, your first clue is McConaughey. God, that's hard. Three. Three. Interstellar. Incorrect. All right. Chris, we go over to you for five points Mm -hmm. and the lead. Your first clue is McConaughey. Your second clue is Carr. Lincoln Lawyer. For five points and the lead, Chris Carr gets it. No more Wonder Twins. No more Wonder Twins. (laughs) Uh, The other clues were going to be Mystery, Felipe, uh, Macy, and Tomei. Nicely done. And uh, five points, so we have Chris with nine points. Mm -hmm. We have Kaylee with six points. Rob with four points, which means it is still anybody's game as we move into round number six. And we are starting with Chris. Your first clue for the sixth and final round. Your first clue is Haddish. Girlfriend's trip. That's not the title of the movie. We can't give it to you. So we go over to Kaylee. mm. The first clue is haddish. The second clue is comedy. Girls trip.
3: First six points and oh, the win, Kaylee. The credit goes to you, though. Oh. No, I win. I botched <laughs> it. Eat it up for me, though. I was like, it's not Girl, set Sentence You Sentence win It is a win. <laughs>
1: a win. It's a, a, win, win, is win. a win. win. I'll take Nicely it. I'll so, take what it. is our final tally? All right. So, Kaylee won with eleven points. Then we have Chris with nine points, and Rob. I'm sorry with four points. It's okay. He's on the board. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and and Chris, you know, you it was a close second. You're getting better at this.
2: I'm, I am. It's because we're not playing for anybody. When I have to To play for somebody, Uh, there's too much pressure. Won the last game. Won the last game. Yeah, she's getting more
1: comfortable. Was the next clue going to be porn? Can't
2: believe.
0: Come again. Porn and action. No, the other clues are going to be comedy, Coulter, (laughs) Smith, Orleans, and Latifa. yeah We're going to be the other clues. And uh, guys, our winner, first time playing, Kaylee Robinson, takes it home. Congratulations, Kaylee. All right. With that all now down, guys, we're going to take a moment and thank another sponsor of today's show, the good folks at Wondery and their new podcast, the official podcast of Rings of Power. Guys, we want to take a moment and thank a sponsor of today's video, Wondery and their new podcast, the official Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power podcast. Guys, it's time to go deeper into the canals of Numenor, the mines of khazad and more with the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast. Host Felicia Day and several special guests provide an inside look at the groundbreaking series and what it took to bring Middle-earth to life. Each episode of the official podcast features exclusive interviews with the series showrunners J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, including the very first full breakdown of the incredible season finale. Felicia also goes behind the scenes with the cast and crew to bring you jaw-dropping stories and Easter eggs that you won't want to miss. So watch The Rings of Power on Prime Video and listen to all eight episodes of the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast for free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app now. Thank you to our friends Wondery for sponsoring this episode of the John Campy show. Make sure you guys go and check out that podcast. As a matter of fact, guys, remember when you support our sponsors, you're actually supporting us. So make sure you check out the description of this video right at the top of it. You'll see links and promo codes to all of our sponsors. And again, thank you to Wondery. All right. With that down, guys, let's move into our main topics here. And how do we select our main topics on the John Campy show? Well, that's easy. You guys come up with them. See, whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime, 24-7, over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form, fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Show. With that down, Kaylee. What
3: is our first main topic today? John, our first main topic comes from Amen. I think most of us can agree that in terms of quality, Marvel has been a bit of hit and miss recently. On the other hand, DC has been putting out a few great projects in a row. When comparing the last four to five films from both, which studio do you think has put out better films? As much as I loved films like Shang-Chi, No Way Home, I think maybe DC has been doing a better job recently. What are your thoughts?
0: All right, thanks a yeah. lot for saying that in. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. We are in an interesting period of time right now because we have seen DC lately come out with some big wins. And I think all of us have been a little bit guilty of letting it fly under the radar that they have been putting together a string of some pretty, pretty good stuff. We've talked a lot about the struggles of Phase 4 of Marvel, which has still been quite good. But it has struggled to live up to the same overall quality level, I think, of phases one, two, or three. So it's kind of worth bringing up the question I'm in, okay, well, right now, what have you done for me lately? Who's kind of firing on all cylinders better right now? I mean, obviously, in the long term, who has done it better overall? It doesn't matter if you're a fan of Marvel or DC. Everybody will acknowledge Marvel's done it better so far. They've had a far more success. They've been a lot more crowd-pleasing. The box office, the critic, all that kind of stuff overall. But how's it been lately? Because when you look at things like The Joker, which kind was a couple of years ago, but still The Joker, you look at the Batman that they just did with Matt Reeves, you look at Peacemaker, which is like one of the number one shows in the world and all that kind of stuff. And even though it ain't winning any Oscars, you know, Black Adam was a fun time at the movies. On top of that, Suicide Squad, which did terrible at the box office, but I think that's the second best movie the DCU ever put out. When you look at that, they don't have a lot of what I would call glaring losses on their resume over their last couple of films or television projects, if you were. By contrast, if you look at Marvel right now, Yeah crushed it and knocked it out of the park with Shang-Chi, with WandaVision, with Ms. Marvel, with Spider-Man No Way Home. At the same time, they've had some iffy outings. Let's call them iffy. Black Widow, uh, Hawkeye, uh, Thor Love and Thunder, uh, uh, I I don't know, a a couple of others, right? Uh, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Some people loved it, but for a lot of people, it was pretty iffy, right? So you've had this inconsistency. I'm going to say something that might sound a little weird. I'm going to say under the who did it better lately? I'm going to say DC. Look, Marvel's also put out a whole ton more projects than DC has in the most recent memory. But if you want to take all their projects, both DC and Marvel over the last just couple of years, and say who had the better average, I'd say the average quality level of the DC projects, Peacemaker, the Batman Joker, suicide squad. I'm going to say, I, and black Adam included, I'm going to say the average has been higher than the average of Marvel, which has some incredible wins, but some pretty big losses as well. Now I'm not sitting here saying that I would put my money on, on DC over Marvel, right? now. I'm not saying that at all, but if you're going to ask in recency bias, who's been doing a little bit better, I'm actually going to say right now, I think DC has been doing a little bit better recently. Anyway, Rob, it's an interesting question, but yeah. how would you evaluate this?
1: Well, I think that one of the things that Marvel has set itself up for is, their, is the cinematic universe that all their films take place in. I think that's been their biggest hindrance. Because, for instance, I enjoyed Eternals. I quite enjoyed Eternals, too. Yeah. I don't think it was a good MCU movie, because it didn't do enough to add to the tapestry. I have too many questions when that movie was over about their wider universe. Now, Marvel did this to themselves. They have an obligation to continue on their cinematic universe. And I thought, for the most part, the Infinity Saga did a pretty good job. Now, I really like Shang-Chi. Inconsequential, really, when it came to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's, except maybe, okay, the Ten Rings, what does this mean? Where did they come from? We don't. Okay, that's a little bit of a... But it, the rest of that movie had really nothing to do with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It introduced a character... Up until the very end, you know, maybe you saw Wong and the Abomination, but for the most part, tapestry didn't matter and I feel that way about most of the phase four movies I've missed the cohesion of the m c u but the movies I've enjoyed, you know not not as much dr strange and and um Thor Love and Thunder, Thunder, I didn't like very much at all. What about
0: Black Widow? What do you think about Black
1: Widow? I like Black Widow, but it's mid-tier. Again, it was more, I like spy thrillers. I mean, again, that movie, inconsequential when it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. None of it really mattered. You can say say the same thing about all the DC projects. Yeah, but what Hmm. I'm saying, I've never, the the DC Universe, a non-starter for me, really didn't have one. All of my favorite DC movies, you could say Man of Steel and Batman, they're supposed to be in the, but they could, Batman and Superman could be the only heroes. And then they had Justice League, they introduced Wonder Woman. I still don't think of the DCEU as a cinematic universe. Aquaman, okay, Jason Momoa was introduced in Batman v Superman and was in Justice League, don't care. (laughs) Aquaman, the first Aquaman movie with the the kingdoms of, of, under that had nothing to do with the rest of the DCEU, but it worked. I loved Aquaman. If they never brought the bigger DCEU in and James Wan makes his Aquaman trilogy, great. That's all I care about. It doesn't it doesn't have to link to anything. The Batman unto itself like the Nolan Batman trilogy, Joker doesn't matter. So to me, DC should abandon the idea of their universe entirely. Now you can have people cross over as you want, but you know what? If Shazam and Black Adam cross over and they and Superman's in those movies, do I then expect to see Aquaman and Wonder. Don't care. I, I don't think they you can mix and match. At some point, you're going to tell me which one you think is doing better right now, right? Oh. <laughs> I think I think DC has been providing me with a more entertaining time. The Batman was really. It, I think the Batman is the best of all the superhero movies that yeah, have come I agree out in you know, the last two years. You director. proud of that one? But the Marvel Cinematic Universe, <laughs> I've loved the, the cinematic universe of it all. I think that's where they've been falling down because they haven't tied all their stuff together. Well, I mean, but
0: can you, can you call that a criticism when DC isn't st- tying their stuff together either?
1: But I don't expect... You can't say... No, well. no, I don't expect them to. The dc I, That's why I say the DC universe has been a non-starter. Zack Snyder was doing his thing. He's done his Justice League Superman trilogy. The Batmans was not part of anything. Joker wasn't part of anything. The Aquaman movie that James Gunn made was so different from Zack Snyder's world to not... I don't care. I just don't care. Black Adam... Unto itself. I know we're going to have Shazam and Superman, all that. Don't care. All right, Chris,
0: what about you? I, I, when we're talking about recency bias, but, but mm-hmm. who do you think
1: lately has been
0: doing it better?
2: I mean, I'm still Mick Mind Marvel, and you all can say I'm a Marvel shill, and I don't care. I like it. I <laughs> thought that Ms. Marvel was phenomenal. I thought She-Hulk was fun. I had more fun than you guys, admittedly. I enjoyed that one. You know, I thought Werewolf by Night was incredible. I well, thought that- Werewolf by Night was
0: pretty good. I thought good, it was so good. good Werewolf,
2: yeah. uh, Moon Knight was great till the end, which we had a fumble there, and I yeah. hope we pick that up. You know, I think there's a lot- within uh, Marvel that I've really enjoyed. Shang-Chi, I thought, was one of the best films we've gotten out of the Marvel franchise in general. Um, Doctor Strange was fun. I wasn't in love with it, but it was fun. Thor really disappointed me. But on the whole, I've enjoyed Marvel more. Now, DC has done some fun stuff, and sure, we get into a quantity issue again where Marvel's had so many projects Mm -hmm. that sure, there are some flops in there for me. But DC... Has had more things that I haven't really gelled with overall. Now they are crushing TV recently. Friggin' love Doom Patrol. Freaking love, I love Doom Patrol. You know yeah. Peacemaker. I thought that was excellent. The Batman was great. Wanted to just tighten up that edit a little bit and that'd be perfect. But I think Marvel overall really has my heart.
0: I I still think that the best overall recent movie out of all Marvel and DC is still Shang Chi. That that's one for me. Right mm-hmm. behind that would probably be the Batman. I love the Batman. All due respect, Matt. Uh, I think Batman is still my number two favorite movie of the year this year so far, but I don't know, guys, question is for you, whichever camp you generally think you're on, like what do you honestly try to think is might have been doing it better lately overall? I don't know. Whatever you guys think, jump down in the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, with that down, let's move into main topic number two, Kaylee. What is our second main topic today?
3: John, our second main topic comes from Alan Renshaw. He says, who doesn't love some Nicolas Cage? I saw an article on The Hollywood Reporter that Nick Cage is in talks to return for National Treasure and Face-Off sequels. I think it would be a mistake and they should reboot these with new actors. What are your thoughts on this? I personally would love to see Nicolas Cage again. I mean, who didn't <laughs> like those movies? I They were funny. They were kind of funky even for the time mm-hmm. back then, but I always went back and watched it. Hell yeah. Um, what do you guys think about uh, another National Treasure 3?
0: Well, listen, they have been talking about a National Treasure 3 for a long time. I mean, I, I think we can go all the way back to like 2000 and like, oh gosh, Maybe 2016, when like actually hearing Jerry Brockheimer talking about, I have intentions of trying to do another National Treasure. Now, of course, Disney Plus has a National Treasure show coming that is not about Nicolas Cage's character. But one of the side characters from the National Treasure movies is a character in the show. So they do share the same cinematic universe. Listen, this comes to us right now from the folks over at CBR who wrote the following. Nicholas Cage is reportedly in discussions about his possible return for a National Treasure three-equal. As reported by The Hollywood Reporter, Cage is in various stages of discussions for sequels to both National Treasure and Face Off. However, it's unclear if the project reference is a third National Treasure film or Ben Gates' pr- potential return in the upcoming Disney Plus series National Treasure, Edge of History. Cage has made his way back into the spotlight with the recent successes of Pig and the unbearable weight of massive talent, but some fans of the actor have been pushing to see him steal the Declaration of Independence again, and that comes to us from CBR. Now, listen, I will tell you, I am not the biggest fan of the National Treasure films. I like them. I like them as much as anybody else, but there are some people who the National Treasure films hold a real special place in their heart, and that's awesome, and they've been waiting to see if Nick Cage would come back for something like that. I don't think this is for the National Treasure TV show. I don't I think this is for National Treasure 3. And they've been real adamant. In the last year, we've heard more movement, and Jerry Bruckheimer speaking even more boldly that, yeah, we're gonna get this done. We're gonna get a number three. There are even some rumors out there that a script has already been done. It's been sent off to Nick Cage. And Nick Cage is in the midst of a resurgence. Yep. Like people are wanting to see Nick Cage back again. And people forget. This is an Oscar-winning actor, multiple-time nominated, Oscar-winning actor. So, and after seeing The Unbearable Weight of, of Massive Talent, which I didn't love, but I enjoyed, and of course, Peggy was phenomenal in that, I'd be down for this. Chris, you hear this, do you think we are actually finally on the edge of getting a national treasure through with Nick Cage, or do you think this will not really turn out to be much?
2: I think we will. He's having a big moment, right? Not only with the unbearable weight of massive talent, but also Pig was a huge yeah. win for him. I mean, that is an incredible, incredible film. If you guys haven't seen it, please check it out. Um, I think that we'll see him in that, and I would love for him to be in a National Treasure thing on the big screen. I know a lot of people want him to pop into the series and everything, but we do already have that through line with his co-star being more of the focus on the television series. I'm sure he'll be referred to, but I want to have him in a movie theater, again, telling me that he's going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Uh, (laughs) I think that'd be wonderful. I love those movies. They're fun. They're ridiculous. It's a little quick kind of history lesson that's not always completely correct but man it's a good time
1: rob what do you think about this well i think it's his franchise you know bring it back for national treasure three why not i mean there's no it, time passes he's still an archaeologist or he's still a cryptologist or whatever he's doing have have him come back why not face off though Mm. Yeah, mm. you know
0: I love look, Face Off. I just think you need to reboot it. I love, yeah, yeah, I think it,
1: it's an absolute reboot. I love Face Off. It's John Woo's best American movie. I, I think it's great. Uh, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage are just awesome in that film, playing each other and playing themselves. Uh, but reboot it. There's no reason to bring him back as what Caster Troy.
2: Why would they switch faces
0: again?
1: Yeah, I- <laughs> I'm Caster Troy. Woo! I, I listen. We can't talk about Face Off
0: without quoting. I think one of my favorite lines in all the movies when nick cage looks at the stewardess and says i have a question if i asked you no wait let me rephrase oh yeah if i let you suck my tongue would you be grateful uh, the way uh, only nicholas cage can say it but i am telling you hollywood i am writing you a billion dollar check right now a face-off reboot with hugh jackman and ryan reynolds that is your movie. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to lean a little bit more comedy, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Kevin Hart. One of the two, whatever, but I really go for the Hugh Jackman sure. and uh, Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds one. That, that just mm-hmm. writes money. That just <laughs> makes money. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Are you one of those people that National Treasure is just one of those franchises that is really special to you? Would you love to see Nick Cage return to that? Do you think it's going to happen? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move into main topic number three. Kaylee, what is our
3: third main topic today? Third main topic comes from Fionn. Hey, John, big fan. Listen every day. Have you seen Amazon is doing a new show with Aldous Hodge as Alex Cross with the success of their adaptation of Reacher? Will this be another successful adaptation, even though they are different types of shows? What are your thoughts on this new show with Hodge in the lead? Thanks and bring on the filthy.
0: I really like Aldous Hodge a lot. Every time I see he because that was him in The Invisible Man, was it not? with um, uh, 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 Elizabeth Moss. With Elizabeth Moss. I really like this guy. And I have never cared about seeing Hawkman on screen before. To be honest, I'm not a Hawkman guy. Wow, he made me like Hawkman uh, in that. And to go and play Alex Cross. This is great. I've always really liked on the big screen, the Alex Cross character. Of course, it used to be played by, uh, I almost, Morgan uh, Morgan Freeman. Thank you. Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry Perry played him as Mm -hmm. well in the movie Alex Cross, Mm -hmm. but Morgan Freeman played him first in two films: in Along Came a Spider and Kiss the Girls. girls, Both of which I really liked. I like those movies a lot. The Tyler Perry one was a disastrous mess. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember that's that's how I first met Tyler Perry. He came into the studio and and sat down with me for like a half hour, and we but. uh, which is, by the way, the day I became a big Tyler Perry fan. This dude's awesome. The movie did not work out so well, unfortunately. Uh, Wasn't that good. But you're right. This is the type of show that Amazon is kind of crushing with right now. And this is the type of character that it can really work in that vein. And I think Hodge is exactly the type of actor that can bring it to life. This comes to us from the folks over at Variety who wrote the following. Amazon has ordered a series based on James Patterson's Alex Cross novels with Aldous Hodge set to play the lead role. This is not the first time Cross has appeared on screen. Morgan Freeman played the character in two films, Kiss the Girls, in 1997, and Along Came a Spider in 2001. Tyler Perry then played him in the film Alex Cross, which was released in 2012. This also marks the latest collaboration between Amazon, Skydance, and Paramount on a series based on a book character. The three companies are currently collaborating on the action series Jack Ryan, which is preparing to air its third season on the streamer. Amazon also currently airs the series Reacher, which is also awesome, based on Lee Child's Jack Reacher novels with Skydance and Paramount also producing that show with Amazon. So this is a formula that these three partners have done very well on. I love the addition of Podge to this. I think it's great. Rob, you hear about this. What are your thoughts?
1: I've read a lot of these books. Uh, Then Patterson, they kind of went off the rails. But I think the first, I don't know, six or seven Alex Cross books are great. And if they do what they did with Reacher, which is now they're taking one book and turning it into a season of TV, love this idea. Um, If I might add my two cents, the third Alex Cross book is called Jack and Jill it's set in washington dc i would adapt that i think hodge is perfect to play alex cross you know one of the things about the alex cross book it, alex cross books is they have a large cast of secondary characters that are, yeah. like john sampson his uh, uh partner in crime that they can use to build out and i think it's a great idea and i would love to see uh, they they've cast the perfect alex cross i think and it just depends I mean, along Gary Sanji, who, who was in Along Came a Game of Spider, is a, a character that also comes back. And they've already done, Along Came a Game of Spider was the first book. They did that as a second movie. Then it was Kiss the Girls. and Then it was Jack and Jill. That's why I think they should start with Jack and Jill. Love this idea. Can't wait. Chris, what do you think about this?
2: I love this. Aldous first came on my radar for shows like Leverage and Turn. And I just love seeing all of his success because he's so, so talented. And y'all know, I love a thriller. I love a mystery and something kind of pulpy. And I think he'll really be able to sink his teeth into this. And Amazon will be able to get a really great show, especially since they're taking that approach of let's really dive into a novel and explore all of it and not rush it. Let it fully play out. And he's the guy to do it.
0: All right, guys, question is for you. What do you think of this with Hodge playing Alex Cross in the series? Amazon has been killing it with their Jack Reacher and with uh, Jack Reacher and Jack Ryan. They've both been incredible. Can they continue that streak on here now with Alex Cross? What do you guys think? Jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four, shall we? Kaylee, what is our fourth main topic today?
3: Fourth main topic comes from Kelly D. Hi, John and crew. I recently saw online a rumor about Vision possibly getting a show on Disney+. Plus. The last time we saw Vision went on WandaVision, where he had transitioned into White Vision. As much as I'd like to see the character again, I'm unsure if an entire show is needed. I think I'm leaning more towards this possibly being another special presentation. But what do you guys think? I mean, what do you think? Do you think there's enough uh, story for Vision to get, you know, an entire series?
0: That, that's kind of the big question, right? Is, yeah. is is there enough to do a series on Vision? Now, of course, Vision is the latest installment of the Marvel fake death universe. Oh no, Vision died. wait is back. Oh, he died again in the same movie. Stop okay, now so he's gone. Cynical. But don't worry. They just copied his entire memory matrix just into this other body that looks just like him. Vision's back. like I don't get, I don't care about the semantics. Vision's back visions here but they did leave off wandavision with this incredibly powerful being this vision just going i need to (coughs) chill for a bit whoosh and he Mm -hmm. flies away Mm -hmm. and a lot of people thought there would be a good possibility of maybe vision popping up in dr strange the multiverse of madness because you know in a world of who can talk wanda maximov down that's a short list of names maybe hawkeye maybe vision stuff like that. But yes, there are reports going around now that they're going to be doing a series and some reports that we're familiar with. This comes from the folks at CBR who wrote the following. According to insider Jeff Schneider, you guys, of course, remember Jeff from the Collider days and from the Schmodown and things like that. According to insider Jeff Schneider, Marvel Studios is developing a Vision solo series titled Vision Quest, not to be confused with the 1985 Matthew Modine wrestling movie of the same name. I'm told that next week, Marvel will be opening a writer's room for a vision show titled Vision Quest, Snyder said. He went on to state that this information is coming from a good source who has been accurate in the past. Now, Jeff isn't always right, but it is important to point out that his most recent kind of scoop was that Harrison Ford was going to be Thunderbolt Ross. And that turned out to be 100% true. And so he's now saying they're going to be doing something with vision. Now, it also needs to be pointed out they ended one division with Vision for a reason. Like they didn't just say, "Well, let's have Vision alive now and mysteriously fly off somewhere and then never come back to it again." Like they clearly had a plan in place. Can you do enough with Vision for a series? That's a good question. I I, I don't know. Can you? Vision is a magnificent character, especially by, with the way Paul plays him. As an ensemble, as a part of an ensemble. Again, Chris, you pointed this out the other day. Honestly, one of the greatest moments in the, in comic book show or movie history was the line, what is love if not, or what is grief if not love persevering? It's one of the greatest lines ever in any movie, wow. regardless mm-hmm. whether it's a comic book movie or not. That, that line stays with us and will always. So I don't know about a series. I love your idea of, it, of one of these special presentations like Werewolf by Night, like Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special. I could see it more like that, but it, it sounds like they're going serious. because I don't know if you need a full writer's room for a one-hour special. So clearly they had a plan for this. I completely believe this story. Chris, you hear about this. Where do you think they can go with a Vision series?
2: They have a lot of wiggle room on this. We can bring in your beloved West Coast Avengers. Yes, they can. (laughs) Because Vision Quest is an arc from the 1980s. And so we can really explore this. Vision in this form, too. I mean, deals with um, U.S. Agent... Um, you know, he, he deals with a whole bunch of stuff within the Avengers. We have all the stuff with the twins and everything still too. There's a lot that you can talk about still here. And you also have the foundation of WandaVision right? Because now he has all of this information again, right? He has all of this and has to deal with, you know, being his own actualized entity, still having all these feelings, the potential loss of Wanda. I don't think she's dead. I don't trust off-screen deaths, but I think there's a lot of meat here and it's a really fun arc to revisit too. So I think they've got a lot of stuff they can use. Sean Byrne right there. Yeah. And, um, and you know, a lot of the Disney plus shows too, have also been eight episode arcs. So I feel like, This works really well for that. If they want to stay with that model, I think he can do a lot in those eight episodes.
0: Wasn't there a point in the comic as well when he actually came up to their kids and basically said, yeah, look, I'm not your dad. I I know I look like him. And that was a pretty powerful panel of Mm comics. Like, I know I look like him, I ain't your dad. But that brings up the question, listen, within the world of the MCU, currently Wanda's dead, but this is the fake death universe. I fully expect her to be back. In this current MCU universe, those kids don't exist. They're not real. Technically speaking, they have never been real in the MCU. They were just creations, manifestations out of Wanda's mind that apparently somewhere out there in the multiverse there are other versions of them. God, I hate multiverse. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Could Could a storyline of this be this white vision who is imprinted with all the memories and thoughts of, could it be a quest to get those kids? Could it be almost like a continuation of Wanda's quest of trying to get those kids into this reality? I don't know. Is that a possibility? Or what other types of, are there some classic vision storylines that they could follow here?
1: Well, I think there's a classic story in the sense that you have an artificial, it's wanting to be a real boy. It goes back to Pinocchio. It's right. what it's what data wanted, you know. And first of all, I love Paul Bettany as an actor. Everything yes. from like Master and Commander to smaller indie films like Margin Call, when he's playing British gangsters, I think he's an incredible actor. I love his voice. I, I and, and giving him a show. It's too long. It's been long in coming that an actor of his caliber is front and center. Uh, he's he's always going to be second fiddle. I love how he plays Vision. Love it and I would love to see him. He will bring the gravitas, and I think it's great when he's with Vision, that's fine, but I think he, they can really give him the meat that as an actor he deserves to play in his quest, quest, especially his white Vision, to understand who is he? Where is he? How does he belong in this universe? I mean, he's an artificial creation that, that has this power of the infinity stones with him. What does that all mean? And and literally somebody questioning their own existence could be a really fascinating story within the the MCU, and I think they could do something really really marvelous with it. I also want to point out that Paul Bettany is also winning at life because he's married to Jennifer Connelly.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I (laughs) I still love his story. He I don't know if you guys. It's one of the most romantic stories ever. But his story about getting the role of Vision. Oh, that role. That's yeah. It it was. Although his role being married to Jennifer Connelly is a pretty good is a pretty good role too. But. He, w- he told the story, I think it was on Jimmy Kimmel, where he literally, he said, this is exactly how it happened. He said, I had just met with my agent at a place in Hollywood, and my agent had literally just told me, your days of getting decent roles are done, like just like you've had a great career, but really your run is over. And he said, I'm out on Hollywood Boulevard, walking down, having got out of the restaurant. And I'm, he said, I'm feeling awful. Like, I'm, like, I've just been told that, you know, my, my career's over. My phone rings, and it's Kevin Feige saying, would you like to play Vision? <laughs> and he said, my day completely turned around. So it's just the timing of that is great. Let me ask you, this is a possible scenario. He's imprinted with everything of Vision on him, right? Mm-hmm. And that's going to, I think, become more and more a part of him. I think he's going to become more and more Vision-like. So it's Vision, everybody. It's Vision. Could Could this story be him trying to bring back Wanda? Like him finding out all the details of the events of Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness, and finding a way to bring Wanda back. Could that be a part of the story here?
1: Uh, it could.
0: Anything's possible.
2: But I really
1: think they're going to concentrate on on him as an entity, as a being, as a as a as a living, breathing individual, and mm-hmm. what it means to be him. I mean, I, that's why, hence the title, Vision Quest. You know, I don't think although I could be wrong and he's questing after Wanda and the kids and whatever. I could see that Wanda put his family back together. But I, I think there's probably more to it than that.
2: Yeah, I do like the idea of a self-actualization journey too. Mm. Especially because I mean in, in the show it's sword who built him, right? Instead of vigilance. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I like the idea of the why am I here? Why was I made? Because that goes down to the most interesting thing about AIs is your prime directive, right? What is the purpose of me? Which is a very, very mechanical response to things, but then you also can then, with something so self-actualized, explore the existential possibilities of there, of what is the point of existing and what is your purpose on Earth?
1: And yeah, what is his responsibility to humanity Mm -hmm. and the rest of existence? And here, all I thought he was going to do is eat peyote in the desert.
0: (laughs) That that would be an interesting movie too. (laughs) All right, guys, question is for you. What do you think about that? It sounds like there is a vision series coming, whether it's a full series, which it probably is, or even as a one-hour special presentation. I would dig that too. What do you think? Are you looking forward to it? What kind of storyline do you think they could follow in that? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that all down, I'm going to call an audible. And we're going to wrap it up here today. We're not going to do our uh, open Super Chats today. You know, it's Friday. I already told the crew we're going to get half the day off. We're going to make it a half day. So, And this episode has gone quite long already. So uh, we're not going to open up the Super Chats today. We're just going to let you guys go and start enjoying your weekend. How about that? Don't forget, guys, I am going to be doing one or two live streams this weekend myself. So keep your eyes on the channel for any updates like that. I want to thank everybody in the room. Robert Meyer Burnett. Right beside him, Chris Carr. And no, I'm not going to say the joke Rob wasn't going to (laughs) say. Over there, Taylor has been here. Jonathan running the show. I got a Uh, joke. uh, (laughs) And right beside him, winner in her first inaugural (laughs) uh, movie password. Kaylee won today. And of course, my name is John Campia. Thanks a lot for being here, guys. Have a fabulous weekend. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye.